0: Welcome to Weekly MTG, the show where we take you inside Wizards of the Coast, literally, to uh, show you what's going on with the game. Usually, that game is Magic the Gathering. It is also Magic the Gathering today, but we're throwing in a little D&D. Ooh. James White, our first <laughs> returning guest, is repping Dungeons & Dragons. So we're going to talk a little bit about, and not more than a little bit, a lot of bit, about Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. But First, we're going to talk to Gavin Verhey, who is repping the magic side of things, uh, about C18. We're going to show off some new cards and uh, talk about the decks.
1: Yeah, you're not going to have to wait very long to see those cards, but uh, yeah, C18 Previews, this is the uh, the last day of C18 Previews. This is the
0: last day. Tomorrow we are publishing the full card image gallery with all the cards as well as the decks and the tokens, although we're going to show you the tokens today, too. Yeah. They'll be on the website tomorrow,
2: but... You guys cute. get a special sneak peek for TV. Absolutely. Team I have to say, it's been a fun week. I'm never sure what's more exciting, being a player and seeing all the cards be revealed, or being a designer and seeing everyone talk about the cards that are being revealed. <laughs> yeah. Like I've been sitting there mashing the refresh button on Twitter and Reddit just as much as everybody else, seeing what everyone thinks about all the cards. So It's been a blast of a week, and I can't wait to show off a few more goodies today. Well, Let's oh, go yeah. right to it, then. Let's do
1: it. Uh, C18 Previews, I'm really excited for these. We're going to be showing you some cards, some of which you'll probably... Expect to see in a commander deck from us, commander product from us,
0: like this first batch.
1: Yes, indeed, this first batch is uh, are kind of the commander <laughs> standards, I would say, for yep. for a lot of decks. So they're the cards that you tend to start with when you when you build a deck. Uh, and we've got Soul Ring, Swiftfoot Boots, Commander Sphere, Command Tower, and Myriad Landscape. Uh, Gavin, pretty much pretty much standard commander cards here, right?
2: Yeah, and not all of them show up in every single year, but they made a lot of sense this year. Soul Ring, of course, has been in every commander deck since we started doing them. But some things. Uh, like Myriad Landscape made a lot of sense with the jund deck, given mm-hmm. that you have you know ways to get some lands back and you want to ramp out with that with that deck. Swiftfoot Boots made a lot of sense to an artifact deck allowing you to attack in with your creatures quickly. Um, and then the Commander Sphere is really fun in the Esper deck because you can draw a card on your opponent's turn. So you set up a miracle on top of your deck, you've got your mana all lined up and then they attack you, you crack your Commander Sphere, draw a card, it's Entreat the Angels or whatever the case might mm-hmm. be, we're good to go. Cool. And
1: of course, those lands, especially multicolored decks, the command tower, a staple of multicolored decks. Uh, Blake and I played a commander <laughs> game the other day, and uh, I, I was so used to including a command tower in my deck that I put one in a mono blue deck, and there was literally no reason. He, j- he for just it.
0: played. He had all islands on the board, and he played. I was like, Steve, what, <laughs> <laughs> what, why? <laughs>
1: And I, I couldn't answer it. I it's could not answer it's it. to avoid choke, it's, obviously. That's exactly it. Yep. That's exactly It's it. to get her on choke. Um, it's also to give somebody, you know, a, a target for like tectonic edge or exactly. something like that. I'm a nice, I'm a nice
2: player that way. It also it. just strikes fear into their heart, right? Yeah. If they know you're playing mono blue, you put down command tower. What is, what you, what is about, what's it even doing? going on? It's right. to, yeah, false mind game. That's mm-hmm. exactly it. That's exactly it. Well, we've
1: also th- those are not the only commander twenty eighteen previews that we have, obviously. Uh, we've got a couple of lands for you as well. Uh, let's bring up the graphic. We've got Mountain Valley and Rocky Tar Pit.
2: Yeah, so uh, once again, really exciting things. Stuff you can kind of recur in, the, in the, the Jund deck to get more lands out there. This is the first time Mountain Valley has actually shown up in the new card frame, so it's mm-hmm. a brand new way to get your hands on those. Rocky Tar Pit was previously in a dual deck. And it kind of fits the theme. I mean, the Jund deck is focused on lands, and it's kind of got two areas of that. Some of it is recurring lands and using them again. And then the other way is just ramp. I mean, the Jund deck has a lot of ramp stuff going on. And um, it, it's kind of, you can take it in a couple of different directions. With mm-hmm. all these commander decks, we wanted to make sure that you could build them in a few different ways. So there's a lot of cards you can take from outside the decks and improve the deck with. And no matter which way you want to go, you'll probably include these cards.
0: Yeah. So the same way the band deck, you can either, you, you can pick the uh, the Merfolk, whose, whose name I'm forgetting right now. Yes. Uh, and you can build a straight kind of enchantment pillow fort sort of deck or then you could pick one either of the either of the other two really and build more of an aura based mm-hmm. enchantment deck. Uh, the jund deck you can you can make it so that lands matter, or you can make it so that ramp matters, it, you know, it all involves lands in the end.
2: Yeah, we always like making sure that you can buy that commander deck and make it your own. Because yeah. if we give you a deck and it's a finished destination, well, that's not quite as fun as being able to tweak it up a little bit yourself. So there's themes, there's sub-themes, there's cards that point you in certain directions. Uh, we have what I'm calling the bonus legends in all the deck, Xantcha, mm-hmm. uh Yuriko and Varchild. which are quite different than what the deck is doing, or at least something sideways that you can really build around and do a unique thing with. And we really like giving players that opportunity to take a deck and make it their own. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so if you've been following along with previews, each day we've focused on one deck. And today we're focusing on the Esper deck, which is the sort of weird, fun theme of the top of your library matters. That was, yeah. the, that was the one everybody... <laughs> The first three everybody kind of understood. And then top of your library matters was you go like eh? yeah. but some of the
1: some of the cards we have here I think will be. Yeah, give a so we're gonna go through
0: some yeah. cards in that deck. Let's start with cards that help you set up the top of your deck.
2: Absolutely. So In design, this deck was handed off from Glenn Jones to me, from Mm -hmm. vision design to set design, and it was this Esper Top the Library deck, and and everyone, like you talked about, kind of raised their eyebrow, like, oh, I've never seen this before, how is this going to work out? And really the key are cards like this, cards that can set up the top of your library, Crystal Ball and Brainstorm, making sure just the right card is there when you need it, because there's a lot of different ways this deck can take advantage of the top card of your library. Mm -hmm. At its core, it's it's an Esper Control deck, so just finding the cards you need is always a fantastic thing to do. cards scrying away, but every now and then you'll get a little bonus from setting up the top of your library. So, maybe with Brainstorm and Crystal Ball, you set up your top card, and then you, <laughs> and, and with the power then of magic. <laughs> Not that one.
0: Not that one. I, I mean, if you confirm. want, if you want to play Sword of Dungeons and Dragons, you're absolutely allowed to. Uh,
1: in, in, in your play group. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your
0: miracles, so you can yeah. set up miracles. So there we go. banishing hey. <laughs> stroke.
2: So you set up a miracle, and yep. a card like Banishing stroke is fantastic for this. Yes. Yep. Keep in mind, there's an artifact deck. And an enchantment deck, so this is kind of a catch all answer to things that are in the format. Sure. And for one mana, you can deal with almost any threat on the board. Yep. Um, and so it's a big upgrade, and this is not the only miracle spell. And if you've been following previews,
0: we've had Terminus, uh, the new one in Treat the Dead, mm-hmm. which was previewed oh, this morning. Black
3: I know, yeah. we finally did <laughs> it. The Black
0: <laughs> yeah. Miracle. So what was. We didn't do Black Miracles in the first place. Why was
2: that? Yeah, so back in Avison Restored, we didn't do Black Miracles because it was. Avacyn showing up, you know, making sure that uh, the, the colors of, of the good guys in that set were mm-hmm. there to take on Gristlebrand and the evil. Okay, so then we waited a while, and we were like, we're not going to do Black Miracles, we're not going to do Black Miracles, we're going to hold off until the time is right. And we get to Eldritch Moon, and Ken Nagel, the lead designer of Eldritch Moon, is like, well, if it makes sense. Liliana's coming to rescue the Gatewatch, mm-hmm. the, you know, we're going on Innistrad, Black Miracles. And we tried them, and there just wasn't enough design space, it didn't work out. And so finally, Ken's like, well, look. We didn't put him in the original Avacyn Restored. We didn't put him in Eldritch Moon. I'm leading Commander 2018. We're doing a Black Miracle. <laughs> and uh, we even already had the frame made because we worked on it when we were working on Eldritch Moon. Sure. And so it fit right in. And Entreat the Dead I love. It is a mirror of Entreat the Angels. Mm-hmm. I, I made it so it would be uh, you know a perfect mirror. It brings a bunch of things back into play. It has the same mana cost, the same miracle cost. And I would expect this card to show up quite a bit in Commander decks. So it's a fantastic top deck. Is that sure. the
0: only Black Miracle in the deck?
2: It is the only Black Miracle in the deck.
0: So also in existence. In existence?
2: It, yes. But for now is what I am say. For of now, saying, <laughs> sure. Because the reaction to the Ring of Black Miracle has been pretty strong. And we tried out a ton of designs for this. So mm-hmm. I can think of a few other ones we might pepper in <laughs> in the future. So, uh, yeah, as
1: for t- continuing with that top of the deck uh, theming, you know, we've got, uh, we've got some other cards that care about the top of the deck. Uh, namely, a uh, mechanic that people might remember from Khan's block,
2: uh, Manifest. Absolutely. So one thing that's fun is you put a big creature on top of your deck, just the card that you want to be able to manifest down, and then you put a click, play, play a card like Cloudform, which gives you exactly what you're going for. Mm-hmm. It puts the creature face down. It's manifested. In the case of Cloud Form, it gets flying hexproof, so your opponent can't really mess with it. And you know, I mean, it's, it's probably nothing, right? I mean, it's just, just probably a little, nothing. Probably sure. nothing, or it could be this card. I, I wouldn't really worry that's about coming it. up next right here. Uh, Except sometimes you manage to stack a card like Sarah Avatar on top of your library. Mm -hmm. Now it has Hexproof, now it has Flying, and your opponent uh, doesn't block. How much damage are they going to take? Maybe a full 40. Yeah. So <laughs> it's pretty, pretty nice combination to have there. And the deck is peppered with all kinds of things that have some saboteur triggers. So saboteur trigger, meaning when you hit your opponent, you get an effect, as well as big creatures you can kind of sneak through this way. Mm-hmm.
0: So let's talk a little bit more about Manifest, because back in Cons Block, it was a bit more random. There were, there were far fewer ways, and it was just sort of you did this, and if you got value out of it, cool. Most of the time, you didn't. Uh, at what point did it come into the deck that Manifest was a really cool way to make the top of your deck matter.
2: Yeah, that actually came through from the original designs. When Glenn Jones handed the deck off to me, he had a bunch of different ways in there to make um, make manipulating the top card of your library matter. And Manifest was a great one, one that he found as a way to kind of do that. And the deck has a number of cards that manifest, including a few new ones. Mm-hmm. Um, a primor- Primordial Miss is one that Aaron Forsyth revealed on his Twitter earlier today, which is yep. a really cool card that manifests every turn. And setting up your library for that to kind of be able to, being able to take advantage of it is really cool. Because worst case, you're getting something into play and maybe you can blink it later on or turn it to your hand somehow, but best case, yeah, you get to smash in with this big creature. Mm-hmm. And I love Manifest. I was on the Fate Reforged design team. I've always really loved that mechanic. And like you said, sometimes you just get your top card, who knows what it could be, and other times you get to set it up and feel really clever about yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, the deck also, as you saw, if you uh, saw the lead Planeswalker of the deck of mm-hmm. um, can blink right. your creatures. So how about you set up the top card of your library, you manifest it into play, you blink it, and if you blink a face down permanent, it comes back up face up. So right. it's a way to cheat in a big creature really fast, which yep. is a lot of fun, too.
0: And our next preview card actually combines two of those mm-hmm. things, blinking right. and the top card of your library, Aether Mage's Touch. So this was a favorite of mine when it first came out in Dissension, yeah. I believe. Uh, this card's an inspiration. like. It seems so obvious to the deck, but how do, how does it get in there from your guys' perspective?
2: Absolutely, yeah. So once again, you can set up your top card a little bit, and then you can cast. Ethan just touch on your opponent's turn. Maybe you block. You know what's there, and then it lasts until the end of your turn. So you can attack with it, get that swing in, and mm-hmm. saboteur away. So with anything that has an enters the battlefield effect, it's pretty great. Um, and if you happen to, yeah, set up your top card to be just the big the creature you're looking for and there's some really cool saboteur triggers in the set, um, you can make it quite strong. And speaking of Enter the Battlefield's creatures, I think there's one in particular that's near and dear, dear to your heart. There
0: There is. We're going to get but to that in a moment. To,
2: but uh, you were talking about oh, saboteur triggers. Of course. And there's <laughs> right. one that
1: I love. This this card is one of my favorites mm-hmm. and then we'll get to one of Blade of course. But uh, Chat's but,
0: already guessing what my favorite card is. That's I, fine. I don't.
1: I don't think it's that big of a. It's incredibly yeah, obvious. We'll but uh, but this, this card. This card might be a little bit of a mystery, and I'm. I'm so happy to see it show up again. Uh, usually one of the
2: coolest Saboteur triggers I think that mm-hmm. we've ever done. It's uh, Silent Blade, do Yeah. This is a yeah. fun one to be able to hit through with. You hit your opponent. You look at their hand. You take a card out of it and you cast it. And so I'm a huge fan of Kamigawa. And I love ninjas. Love, love, love ninjas. And,
0: and, yep, now and now the internet's just buzzing with, oh, return to Kamigawa, you have to talk to Gavin. Right. Talk <laughs> to right. Gavin. You gotta get me on your side. Don't worry.
2: I'm, I'm already on your side. Don't worry, everyone. But, um, no. So the deal is, going back to Kamigawa, we don't want to spend a full set doing that. Mm-hmm. set has always had some mixed, mixed Well, reactions. now the
0: Kamigawa people who love it are upset with you. Yeah. Well, you know, it was the, a 180 right there in the last, like, 30 you, seconds. You, you, you I'm you on your side, but we're not gonna do this.
2: <laughs> you, you give and you take away. Um, but what I love is peppering these kind of cards in to products where I can. Last year, we saw Okagachi show up. Mm-hmm. This year, we've got Yuriko. And mm-hmm. in the future, who knows what might be popping up. And I love just kind of putting those in where possible to say, hey, is still here. There's still stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And some of your favorite themes can still be supported. And ninjas, I've always loved ninjas since Betraya of Kamigawa yeah. came out. So, I wanted to make Yuriko as a ninja lord, also great ninjutsu, is fantastic with manifest. You manifest your top card, if it's not what you want, no problem attack, pull it back into your hand, and it gives you an instant or sorcery maybe you can use later on in the game. Um, or and a land, even. Or a land, yeah. <laughs> it, could be, it could be anything, even a land. And uh, so, I peppered the deck with a few other ninjas. Yuriko is the only new ninja in okay. the deck, but it's got... Silent Blade Oni and, you know, a couple others in the deck to kind of round it all out. Got Plus it. you can go and build your Changeling special deck with ninjas and changelings mm-hmm. and make it all come together in a normal commander game.
1: I just remember, I have so many great members of Silent Blade Oni when we, uh, when we first printed that in Plank Chase 2012 for Night of the Ninja. Man, that, that deck was fun to pilot. So it's great to see uh, Silent Blade Oni show up in a commander deck Really excited to see what people get up to with that guy. Yeah, I was
2: excited to reprint it. I think the card is really fun, That's and so frankly, great. there aren't a lot of them out there. It was in Plane Chase and, and a Plane Chase anthologies, but it's cool to get that card in the hands of more people, especially now that them, that you might be trying to build that blue-black ninja deck. Exactly. Because what's better than casting spell out of your opponent's hand is casting spell out of their hand and also using Eureko to look at your top card, deal some damage, and mm-hmm. draw a card. So it's just uh, doing all the things. Yeah, do yeah. everything yeah. with that card. I yeah. love it. Well, now we've gotten to the Blake's favorite
1: card
0: segment. Oh, be still oh, my uh, heart. But yes. Okay. Uh, Uh, Every time we have a preview cycle, people ask me, are you going to preview Muldrifter this time? Are you going (laughs) to preview Muldrifter? Yes I am. (laughs) I am going to preview Muldrifter this time and it is glorious. So, yes, this card is amazing to ninjutsu back to your hand. Uh, it's also just uh, just the best card we've ever printed. It's great to blink as well. <laughs> it's great to blink, I, I, I yeah. I
2: and I don't know who's cast it more between us, but Drifter is probably one of my most cast cards of all time, excluding yeah. infinite combos and things like that. Mine too. I played it in Constructed and back when I was a... The... Uh, pro player played in cube draft tons of times. I try, still try building decks with it, mm-hmm. and here is no exception. It is great in this deck too, especially with the commander allowing you to blink a creature that's in play. Right, and play down Moldrifter and blink it in the same turn without more mana. You draw expenditure. four cards. Oh yes. It's oh,
0: do you, do you, so you remember delicious. invoking that thing and immediately? Momentary Blinking it. Oh.
2: I, oh, I do, blink. Yeah. Do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, Fond memories. I've and played, that's how the show went off the rails. We just <laughs> all started. I
1: played, played cube limited decks where I have momentary blinked a Drifter with a Panharmonicon on the battlefield.
0: Oh, that's just greedy, but... It's, I mean... Greedy. It's, I mean, but you get but to draw, yes, like, eight All cards. the cards. And,
2: and to me, Blake, this is a great example of how you could buy one of these decks and then craft it to be the kind of deck you mm-hmm. want it to be. Momentary Blink isn't in the deck. But if you wanted to make it a Blink-focused deck, you could easily add Momentary Blink, add yep. a few more Enter the Battlefield Add abilities. Cloud Blazer to yep. up your moldrifter count. Of Absolutely. course, yeah. yeah. you oh, got to exactly. have them all, right? Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's all kinds of fun stuff you can do there. And there really are many different decks you can build here. Blinking is one of my favorite strategies, and I think mm-hmm. you can go pretty far with it.
1: Okay. Well, we also promised you tokens. We did. Okay? We, we promised you, and uh, we got them we yeah. got some cool tokens today.
0: All the tokens. Boom. These are all, all the out. tokens. <laughs> we're going to leave these up on the screen for a little bit because we're going to talk through some of the cool ones. So let's, uh, I, I, I'm interested in that, what is it, fourth from the left at the top, the Mask Token.
2: Yeah. So this is, goes with Estrid, mm-hmm. the face of the Bant Enchanter de- deck. And we've never had an Aura Token before. That's something brand new. Yeah. We're doing it for the set. I remember when we were working on the team, we kind of wanted to find a way for the commander to help protect its own permanence. We came up with Totem Armor, and then the whole creative kind of clicked around that. And there's a lot of discussion in R&D about, could we do Aura tokens? Should we use them here? We've never done them before. But you know, Nahiri, for example, uh, the Lithomancer, all the mm-hmm. way back in Commander 2014, I believe, yep. paved the way for artifact tokens. Right, stoneforge Blade. Absolutely. Yep. And so I thought this would be a great chance to, to do it here on Estrid. And it's a lot of fun. A a little underused thing, by the way, is you can put these masks on any permanent. It's an enchant permanent. Mm. So when Estrid comes out, sometimes you'll put it on your land. You wonder why you might do that. But uh, Estrid lets you untap all your enchanted things. So it gives you a permanent mana boost for the rest of the game. I see. So that's pretty fun. That's
0: clever. I didn't even catch that.
2: And it's, of course, got great new art on it, thanks to Mm -hmm. uh, being attached to Estrid.
0: Uh, And then the next one I want to talk about is the Mere token, third from the right on the top.
2: Yeah. Brutaclad is one of my favorite cards in the set. I still can't believe we printed a card based on a Future site flavor text. I absolutely love <laughs> that. Was, that. Yeah. It's so good. It, it's fantastic. And, you know, talking to people online, it's one of people's favorite cards in the set, which makes mm-hmm. me really excited. And this is the 2-1 mirror token that Brutaclad creates. So if you're building a Brutaclad deck, you can expect to want to collect a lot of these.
0: Yep. And Brutaclad, by the way, if you, are, if you don't know, is a blue-red artifact creature that makes a 2-1 mirror token, and then makes all your tokens, not just your token creatures, copies of whatever token you want them to be.
2: Right. And it also gives all your tokens haste as a nice yes. little bonus. So one of my favorite things that happened in the in the artifact deck is at one point we copied a mana rock that was in mm-hmm. play, made a token copy of a mana rock, and then we turned all of our uh, jewels when he was playing the deck, turned all of his creature tokens into mana rocks. It okay. was awesome. Like there's, you can move stuff around. It's great with clues. You make a clue token. Suddenly, all your tokens become clues. Or the other way, all your clues might become 2-1 mirror tokens yeah. or you know worm tokens or whatever the case might be. So there's a lot of really fun interplay there. One of my favorites down there in the bottom is the uh, 612 Trampling Construct token <laughs> made by Stone Idol Trap as well as the ancient Stone Idol in the set. And that's a really fun one to turn all your tokens into, let me tell you. Suddenly, you just attack out of nowhere before. With
0: like 2612s or whatever.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Those clues will never look the same to you again.
0: Uh, and then another token you talked about on Twitter the other day. and it On here it looks like two tokens. It's not. It's uh, the dragon and the dragon egg token. That's a double-sided token, right?
2: Yeah. So, these tokens are all double-sided in the Commander decks. Okay. And one of the things that Ken Nagel came up with is what if we actually use that to our advantage and did something really cool with it. So, in design, you had this idea for a dragon that laid eggs, and then the eggs would hatch into dragons, and you would literally just turn the token over, which I think is super cool. Mm-hmm. So, when you're playing your nesting dragon and you're making all these dragon egg tokens, if you cast a wrath, just flip them all over, and you're good to go. And that, to me, is a really cool innovation and a very fun tactile experience. You're like turning this token over and unleashing the dragon within.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then one of, so this card was, the card that produces the survivor tokens right next to the dragon token right there. That's one of my favorite throwbacks. Alliances is one of my favorite sets where Verchild's War Riders were initially printed. And then now we have Verchild.
2: Yeah. Uh, She's finally here and, of course, got those survivors to go with it. Brand new piece of art for this set. And if you were playing... The general, as your commander, you're going to need a lot of these survivor tokens. You're going to be giving them out to all of your friends, or friends in quotation marks, as the case might be, (laughs) around the table. Um, She's great at, whenever she hits your opponent, they make that many one one survivors, and they can get a little out of hand. Cool. And
0: then, uh, the last one I wanted to talk about, because it's new, is on the bottom, the 4-4 construct.
2: Yeah, this one comes from Retrofitter Foundry, and it's... uh, you know, surprisingly, in Kaladesh, we didn't make 4-4 Constructs. Mm-hmm. We weren't, there weren't golems on Kaladesh. And so we found 4-4 was the right size, and we commissioned a new piece of art just for this. So Retrofitter Foundry lets you turn your servos into the Thopters, your Thopters into Constructs. And one of my favorite things is actually just playing with a bunch of Thopters in my deck and upgrading my Thopters straight to these 4-4 Constructs. Mm-hmm. You know, you turn your, I don't know, your Arcbound Worker into a 4-4, and that's pretty nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Seems pretty reasonable. Yeah. Some some good uh, Artificer Ingenuity there. Or your, yeah. uh, excuse me, your Ornithopter into a 4-4 Construct. That's
0: uh, and so we will be posting all of these tomorrow on Daily MTG. But go ahead and take screen caps, post them to the internet, do whatever you're going to do with them. Uh, we'll have them on Daily tomorrow, excellent, in uh, image form.
1: Yep. Yep. And you'll get to take a much closer look at them. Yeah,
0: um, scrutinize hopefully. them. All the artists will be up there. We didn't have time to go through all the great artists of all these tokens, but the art on these tokens keeps getting better and better. And uh, I. I I love each of these
2: and some wild returning tokens too. Check out yeah. that uh, that chain that shapeshifter over there in the top left. I haven't seen the shapeshifter is a nice little throw by the changeling. Yep. Yeah. So I'm always a big fan of more plant tokens. Can always use more plants in the next I don't know twelve hours. You can probably make some pretty fun guesses as to what cards are in the decks based on the, <laughs> yeah.
1: up on the screen. So, <laughs> so we uh, we we got some pretty good questions for Gavin today yeah. on, yeah. on Weekly MTG. Uh, we're going to start off with a question from at that prime guy on Twitter. Uh, This person asks, has the commander pre-cons switched full to themes rather than color combos or uh, are my hopes not fully destroyed that you'll do an
2: allied color cycle year? So we're definitely on board the theme train. We really love doing these themes. Mm -hmm. Last year we did tribal. This time we looked at card types, although the top of the library one was a little different. Every deck had a planeswalker commander. Um, so we're not locked into doing colors every single time. We don't have to do all allied colors, or all wedges, or anything like that. But there's also nothing saying we couldn't do that if the occasion really uh, fit itself. So if we built five decks, and, or four decks, and you know three out of the four were two colors that fit in perfectly, maybe the fourth one, for example, would also fit the, the trend. So it's on our radar, something we can do. We are pretty happy right now with the four deck model, so that makes doing a full cycle of five a little trickier. But if the time is right, we'll, we can return to it, absolutely.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, this question comes from a Johnny Coldmane. Ah! This is the second time they've gotten a question on this show. That, good good job, a Johnny Ajani Coldmane's brother, I take it. <laughs> uh, or, uh, just, uh, after Dizal. <laughs> no, his, yeah. his other, no, his uh, other brother. It's a tumultuous relationship. <laughs> uh, was it on purpose that the three shards in C-18 were the three not featured in Ixalan?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it's Actually, it's, it's entirely possible that that was an idea Ken Nagel had when they were doing the design work on the decks, but yeah. I don't think so. Actually, um, the Esper deck, the white, blue, black deck, adding the blue in was happened at the very tail end of the design process. It was okay. a white, black deck originally, and then they just found they couldn't make the top of the library stuff work without the blue cards like brainstorm to set yep. it up. So they added in blue. So I don't really think that was intentional, no, but it's cool it worked out that way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just have these happy accidents. Nice. Uh, this question
1: is from at J13X on Twitter. Uh, what were the other ideas for the Bant-aligned Planeswalker? What decisions went into using existing characters versus creating
2: new characters? Absolutely. So, we're going to let you guys in a little secret, just a little, little uh, Weekly MTG scoop for you, Ooh, everybody out I there. I love those. So, originally, the Planeswalker being used here was Tamiyo. Mm. Um, now, we're a big fan of Tameo internally, I love Tameo, I'm sure she'll show up again someday. But we kept trying to make designs of her, her that were enchantment focused, and it wasn't really working out, it felt pretty disconnected from It's not else.
0: what Tameo's done, Never. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, so we, we tried it out, it didn't end up working, and we went with a new character design, Estrid instead. But with that said, if you're a fan of Tameo, and I'm a fan of Kamigawa, remember, don't worry, I'm sure we'll get <laughs> Tameo back someday, it's a character I want to see again.
0: Just not in a full set, Gavin. Uh, well, <laughs> look, anything's possible. Uh next up we have and this is this is like a mega question cuz different people asked variations of this same question that are basically when are we going to see X. And so we got questions about feather. We got questions about on Elf commanders. We got questions about Urza. We got who else did we get? Baron Sengir. Uh, yeah. The professor was was talking about Baron Sengir. Yeah,
2: Seng-Gear, prof yeah.
0: really wants Baron Sengir back. Uh, my story about Baron Sengir. I love Baron Sengir from back in the day, but we have a guy on our team named Nick, who has one Commander deck, and does a Baron Sengir deck, But it's a regular-sized deck that he likes to play in oversized sleeves, so I've actually it just gets me. And so I've actually got this negative reaction to seeing Baron Sengir as much as I love the card.
2: Sounds like that's what Baron would
0: do. I (laughs) think, yeah, Yeah. yeah, I know.
2: It's very thematically appropriate. I
0: I think we need to fix that with a new Baron, is all I'm
3: saying. Well,
2: so I have a, a, I call it the short list, and it's getting kind of long now, but I've got a list at my desk, literally, of all the characters I want to try and get into magic sets Mm -hmm. and all the different things I'm trying to hit. Uh, Because there's a few things going on here. First of all, when it comes to cool, flavorful characters commander sets are the right time to do them. Sometimes the characters are dead or on planes we're not going back to anytime soon or, or things like that. And these are a great chance to do them. For example, Thanos, a character we did here. Mm-hmm. Thanos is long gone, but it's great to put him in this kind of set. Lord yeah. Windgrace, for example, another example uh, of doing that. So I have a list of characters and cards. Uh, characters like the Baron Sengir are absolutely on that list. I mm-hmm. love those kind of characters and just stay tuned, okay? I'm working, I'm working on it. <laughs> um, as far as themes go, like the Obzon Elf Commander, I try and slide those in where possible. And we, this year, something we did that Ken Nagel kind of found in design and really kept pushing through um, into the handoff and then I carried was finding things that the community has been asking for and putting them into these decks to find, kind, of, kind of fill holes that exist. So you might notice there is a Esper Zombie Commander. So you can play mm-hmm. your Amonkhet zombies with your Innistrad zombies in this set, Verena the Lich Queen. and. Um, So it's only a matter of time on something like that. And, you know, the occasion has to be right. For example, there isn't a white, black, green deck this time around, so it didn't make a lot of sense to do that. But I got a blue black ninja lord in there. I got the zombie commander. Tuvasa, although she's not merfolk focused, can be your merfolk commander. Mm -hmm. So we're really paying attention to these kind of things and trying to fill those holes. Cool. Well, it's interesting that you should talk about that, because we did get a few questions this week about
1: uh, timelines and uh, the timeline of design. Uh, One of the questions was about uh, concerns and critiques of... uh, of previous Commander sets and, you know, people were asking uh, if there were any examples uh, of concerns,
2: critiques, criticisms from last year's set that might have gotten included in this year's set. Well, believe it or not, I mean, we worked so far in advance on this stuff. This year's set was wrapping up around the time that Commander 2017 was coming out. So there wasn't a ton of time to incorporate feedback, mm-hmm. we did made a few tweaks here and there. But one of the big things this year really was listening to community feedback. And Ken, Nagel, and I read through so many pages of Twitter and forum posts and Reddit to try and figure out what people were looking for in their Commander decks. And we actually looped in, and I think, I think this is super cool, we looped in the Commander Rules Committee on the decks as well to get mm-hmm. their feedback. And cards like Enchanter's Bane, a red answer to enchantments. Cards like Treasure Nabber, a card which uh, beats up red artifact ramp a little bit, but isn't, doesn't totally destroy all their mana rocks. Um, things like a, a ninja commander, a zombie commander, stuff that's all in that vein, were direct answers to kind of fill those holes. So we're always listening and I'm sure that you know by the time we do another commander set, we'll be incorporating feedback from 2017 and a little bit from Commander 2018 in there.
0: Cool. Yeah. Um, this question came from JD of Commander. Mm. How do you balance building a deck that plays well out of the box with trying to provide a different avenue to keep the build from staying
2: li- linear? Absolutely. I think that really goes back to you want to make sure there's a lot of ways you can take the different decks. Mm-hmm. You know, if you buy a deck and it is the end state of, of that deck, then I think we failed as a, as a design team because we want you to be able to put your own personal touch on it. Something I really enjoy is you go into the store a few weeks after the new commander deck has come out and everyone is playing their, their deck and maybe they're playing an off-the-shelf deck, but they've tweaked it a little bit and you'll see the same deck that started as the same deck, but they're all different, you know, like yeah. people, okay, I'm taking this one in the blink direction, I'm taking it in the manifest direction, this is top of library direction, I'm playing the Odd Matters deck with a Yenit, right, there's a <laughs> lot of different ways you can take the same the same deck, and that's really important to us, which is why, you know, in cases like, say, the Jun deck, you have some recursion cards in there, some of the, the graveyard recursion going on, as well as some ramp cards, as well as some big Jun style creatures and removal spells, so no matter what way you want to take the deck, you can make it your own, and if you want to take it the Lands Matter way, you can put in Gitrog monster or anything like that. Oh, they will. They definitely will. And if you want to take it the ramp way, you can put in a bunch more ramp spells, big huge X spells, stuff like that. Yeah. So there's a, a very wide range we'd like you to be able to take these decks. Very cool.
0: Well, that is actually all we have for C18. As much as we want to keep talking to Gavin keep talking about C-18, we also want to talk to James. Yeah, <laughs> we, brought, we brought James on here because uh, the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica was just announced on Monday. Mm-hmm. And it's super exciting. There are a lot of Magic fans who are excited for it. There are a lot of D&D fans who are excited for it. And so we brought on James, and James knows Crossing the Streams because James has worked on the Plane Shift uh, PDFs that we've put on the site that have been... Uh, guides to making D&D adventures in the magic
3: world before this? They're basically, I think of them as supplements to the art books. Sure. Um, the, the first project that I worked on when I came over from the D&D team to magic four years ago was the Zendikar art book. Mm-hmm. And I pretty much approached that as if I were writing a and d campaign setting. Hmm. So, you know, a couple extra pages of rules for races and skins for monsters and it was downhill from there <laughs> and, and that's, and the that's why james no longer sleeps yeah. and, 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 and before he came over to magic you worked on the
2: dnd team right so you really were entrenched oh, in yeah. that, yeah absolutely for 14 years yeah yep. so james knows what he's talking about he's he the human manifestation of crossing the streams
0: and and while we're talking what about about, yeah. about, uh, <laughs> about uh, plane shift what
3: about plane shift dominaria yeah what, what about plane shift dominaria <laughs> Four o'clock in the morning <laughs> on Independence Day, <laughs> I finished Plane Shift Dominaria. All right, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we're gonna, then he gives it to me, and now we're going to publish it on Daily MTG on next Tuesday. So Plane Shift Dominaria coming to the website. Uh, look for it next Tuesday. But we're also super excited about Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, because this is a whole D&D treatment on a magic world. So so tell us about this book. What What's going on with this book?
3: So this is literally the world of Ravnica as a D&D campaign setting. Um, it is a D&D book, top to bottom. It mm-hmm. just happens to use the guilds and the setting of Ravnica. Um, the really key element of it is you're going to make a character who is part of one of Ravnica's ten guilds. and um, that That's a pretty strong way to steer your character building mm-hmm. um, as soon as you... The way I think of it is we always tell you start off with a, an image of what your character is and then make your decisions flowing from that. Well, the guilds give you a really easy hook yeah. into imagining who your character is, possibly even down to picking an actual magic card and saying, I want to build this guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. And we're actually going to do that on the stream. Yeah. Uh, we're going to build a and d character from the world of Ravnica, but first we've got some cool art to show you, and we're going to talk with James a little bit more. So, um, tell us, D&D, we, we work side by side. Some of us have changed teams back and forth. <laughs> we
1: all work in the same building. We and all we, work like, in the same building, sometimes yeah. on the same
0: floor, yeah. uh, but we've rarely kind of crossed the streams. Your Plane Shift uh, work being an exception, and sort of Dungeons and Dragons, which we showed earlier, uh, being another exception. What... How did this finally happen? How did this become a reality?
3: (laughs) So it's one of those institutional knowledge things where when I first started at Wizards in 2000, there were rumblings that maybe we would do a Dominaria monster book Mm -hmm. for third edition D&D. And that got canned. And eventually the conventional wisdom became, oh, we're never going to do this. Somewhere along the line, all the people who felt that way left the company and <laughs> we didn't notice <laughs> until finally uh, this, this plane shift Zendikar idea was bouncing around. And Adam Golby and I went around on the fourth floor and the third floor, brand teams and R&D teams and said, can we do this? We couldn't find anybody to say no. <laughs> so so we did it. We did it.
0: <laughs> uh, so would you say, it, so obviously you're, you, you straddle the line between D&D and Magic. Would you say that this is a a D&D thing with a magic wrapper, a magic thing with a D and d sensibility, a mix?
3: This is uh, top to bottom a D&D book. Okay. Um, it, it is, I mean, we didn't even use magic fonts. <laughs> um, it looks like other D&D books. It'll sit alongside other D&D books on your shelf. It's all about playing D&D. So if you're not a magic player, and I don't know why you're watching this, but if you're not a magic <laughs> player.
0: <laughs> hey, don't um, limit our audience. <laughs>
3: really Tune in if you D&D want. D&D Everyone's it's welcome. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, so anyway, if you're a Magic player, what did I say, if you're a and player and not a Magic player right. then um, there's, there's not going to be any barriers to entry here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what you need to know about the world to start playing a DD and game here. If you are a Magic player and you know and love Ravnica, there's going to be tons of art and information about this world that maybe you haven't had access to before. Mm-hmm. Um, and an opportunity to really get down on the street in Ravnica and that's one of the things I love about this art this is the kind of thing that we we could never really do on a magic card Mm -hmm. but it's it's such a dnd piece of art here's the adventuring party of a boros soldier a simic guy and a loxodon walking along the rainy streets of ravnica with a bunch of Demir spies looking down at them from the bridge Mm -hmm. it's it's a dnd moment in magic clothes
0: yeah oh that's very cool and we've got what tell us about this scene as well
3: uh, similarly, uh, characters that would not normally be seen interacting with each other in this way—I um, can't remember now. It's just another semi-character <laughs> and a, a, an—is it um, character? And again, the demure spy in the front reading his newspaper yep. while listening in on the conversation. One of the um, elements of character creation in this. Book is that you generate contacts for your character as part of a living, breathing city. You're going to have people in your guild that you can reach out to, and also one person at least from another guild. So that art that we were just looking at that's (laughs) over there um, is an example of a character who might have a contact in another guild. I'm going to reach out to my pacimic friend and see what she knows Mm because our adventure is taking us in that direction.
0: And so do the guilds... um is the campaign, is it all set up so that the guilds interact with each other differently? Like if you're is it and you meet someone from Celestia, you kind of know how that interaction is going to go?
3: Yeah, there's a, a section. So each guild has an entry uh, aimed at players mm-hmm. and, and DMs. Um, but talking about the structure of the guild, talking about what, it's, what it means to be a member. And part of that is, here's what the members of the guild think about all the other guilds. Um, kind of a little sentence or two in the voice of a member of that guild, talking about all those semic weirdos.
0: Um, and so, what if you're, what if you're a magic player and you just want to like read through this book and le- is there stuff in there to just learn?
3: Yeah, um, there's a map of a the Tenth District of Oh okay. Wow. <laughs> which yeah. is not something we published which before. Which not we something done we've done before. before. Yeah. it's one of the things that kind of exploded my head when I moved from the D and D team to the magic team. Is wait, you don't do maps? <laughs> yeah. So, huh? Exelon has a map. Ravnica is now getting a map. Um, Dominaria also had Dominaria, a map. Mm-hmm. Well, Dominaria did have an established map. That's yeah. true. And we made it beautiful. Um, so, the funny story about the map. Uh, Jonas DeRoe actually had come in and done a 3D model of the 10th district of Ravnica. As a, And it ended up in a world guide as just a top-down view. So, what I had him do is take that 3D model and angle it a little bit, make some changes and corrections, and then paint over that. Mm. So it's it's just an amazing uh, looking map and some pretty amazing detail of all the little buildings. Very cool. it will be area. fun for
1: people to see that. That's yeah, really yeah, cool. absolutely.
0: Uh, now, are we introducing any new monsters in this book? Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so only so from your tone, I'm sensing only like maybe one new monster, right? Like one, maybe two,
0: right? It
3: could be as much as half the book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Can
0: you give us any hints or examples of some new monsters that are coming?
3: So some of them are like Ravnica-specific variants of monsters you know and love. Mm-hmm. Um, angels, for example. I'm, I'm actually writing the Angels section right now, finishing that up, polishing mm-hmm. it up. Um, so there's a couple examples of Boros Angels and an Orzhov Angel. Um, and others of them, Thrashing Mossdog is the one that leaps to mind for reasons I can't quite explain. Because it has a great name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, So, you know, a a Golgari monster that has no D&D equivalent is Mm -hmm. is there in the book. Um, We've got an entry for Golgari gorgons, um, vampires, both the Demir kind and the Orzhov kind. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of of just sort of NPC stat blocks. Here's the the grunts of the guild, um, which are often inspired by and named after existing cards, and also some legends.
1: Mm -hmm. Ooh. Nice. Exciting. It's pretty cool. I like legends; they're fun.
0: Uh, let's before. So one thing we're going to do is we are going to create a character on stream. Yeah. Did we have any art left we wanted to show before we got to that? I believe one of them is think... actually the character we're going no, to. I changed take my mind on that. Oh, okay. you did. Well, yeah. we
3: should see that anyway. We now. should. We should still see, still see the sweet. art. Yeah. So this is a, a Boros Ember Mage, and the funny story behind this art—it's uh, in. It appears in the mon- in the Monsters chapter, I think. But we realized that all of our Boros art is armored people. Mm. And we want you to be able to play a wizard Who's a member of the Boros? Because they use a lot of fire magic, and that's just cool. But we didn't have any art showing a Boros wizard without armor on, so uh, we commissioned this piece specifically for that. Check out—is is that staff a Wait, fist? Yeah, is, that is that the that Boros just like fist? fist? Yes, yeah. so awesome. <laughs> oh god, that is so cool. That's great.
0: I just—I I was—I was like, oh, that's just—he's—he's he's holding up his fist and shooting flame. No, nope, that's a staff. That's a literal fight club. The Boros. <laughs> oh <God. laughs>
2: The Boros do not fool around with their symbology, I suppose. No, no. no. A
3: little heavy-handed. Oh. (laughs) Oh, Oh,
0: that's why (laughs) James is our first returning guest.
3: (laughs) 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 And last. Uh,
0: And then I think we had one more piece of art to show off. Yeah. Warden Warden Felidar. Felidar.
3: So there's a funny story about this art as well is – Felidars looking like this were in the concept art for the original Ravnica set, I believe. So they were there in the world guide. There's the unwinged version and the winged version. And Mm -hmm. we ended up with an Archon, the Archon of the Triumvirate, riding a winged uh, Felidar like this. Um, But we wanted stats in the book for a Felidar Felidar that wasn't flying. And Mm -hmm. and so again, we commissioned art based on that concept art, that 15 year, 13 year old concept art um, for this monster. Very Very cool.
0: All right, so let's create a character. Okay. character we're going to ja- get James's screen. He's got a little screen he's going to write on. We're going to put it up here so everyone can yeah. see it.
3: I go. have a character sheet.
0: Yeah, so you, so you changed your mind about what we're doing. I did so. because
3: yeah. I, didn't, I didn't want it to be predetermined. Okay. I want to do okay. this on the fly. And Part of the point is to illustrate you know, um, the way that the book can help you, guide you through the process of character sure. creation. So um, I'm going to do things very randomly, actually. Um, Starting with my prototype guild die here. Oh. The ten-sided die with the symbols the that the guilds The only one on. in the world. So we're going to... It's not true anymore. Oh, um, <laughs> we're the here. only one in this room. Only right. in this room. We're going to sure. start off by randomly determining the guild of our character. Well, it is Boros. Okay. All right. So All right. um, in the guild... Oh, crud. My pencil's not working. One moment. I just have to make sure these are properly paired. But you can see the, the prototype guild die now. You can't. Oh, yeah, that which is, is actually awesome. cool. Yeah, so I, cool. I printed out the guild symbols on um, sticker paper and cut them out very carefully, and let's see if this is working. Oh, it's not working because I have the eraser tool selected. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smart.
0: Live television, everyone. Yes. yes. All right. Doing, doing it. Doing it live. All
3: right.
2: So All right. We, okay. we got it rolling now. Okay. So, so we're gonna um, do Boros.
3: In the Guild Master's Guide to Ravnica, your your guild fills the role of your background. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because for a d and character, background is usually just that, it's background. Um, for a Ravnica character, it's a much more an active part of your life, which is where things like um, contacts come in. But so, pr- th- continuing with the, the random theme here, um, one of the things about backgrounds is they, they help you um, decide on your character's personality, mm-hmm. personality traits, the things your character holds dear, ideals, and um, things that they're connected to, bonds and flaws. So um, Like fists.
0: Our character likes yeah. fists.
3: Yeah. Well, fist. I, I will write that down, actually, as an ideal. Fists. I mean, I'll get to see my lovely handwriting. But so, um, again, rolling randomly just because. So a personality trait for our Boros character. I am always the first into the fray. Excellent. That goes nice. with fists. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: My fists, my therefore, fists are also I lead, lead with my fists. Lead the charge.
3: Uh, I also approach every task with the same high degree of military precision. Ooh, military I precision. I like
1: that. That's
2: good.
3: Worse than fists, also, Yeah,. I yeah. Say. yeah, yeah, yeah. I this like is, this, is all, this is all going very well with our, our you know, our, our ideals. This is great. Yes. But I do roll on the ideal table, and you know what? The most important thing to me, actually, is my guild. Which explains the fist fascination. Yeah. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> um, Story checks out. My guild is all that really matters. That suggests a character who, who's marching along with the, the legion of mm-hmm. justice and good, but really cares more about being a part of that marching formation than yeah. about the ideals they're supposed to stand for. So, okay, character's starting to take shape in my mm-hmm. mind. I'm mm-hmm. probably not making a paladin unless, unless I want to play with that some. Um, bond. <laughs> I ran with the Rakdos in my youth. <laughs> oh. striving to atone for my past misdeeds oh, that, that makes sense that's, that's why, that's why, that's why, why, why we're militantly
0: boros yeah. because had the raccox yeah the character
3: had
1: to fall in line right. I,
0: I get I, it yeah.
2: and he wants to be accepted probably right that's why Checkered he cares past so and so
0: he's yeah. trying so hard with all the fist iconography yeah. Yeah. That's right. he
2: or she trying so hard. Yep. that's
0: true
3: yep you guys are good at this okay i'm gonna roll a flaw now oh boy I well, have been known. <laughs> I've been known to turn a blind eye to injustice with the help of a modest bribe. Wow. That's his Rakdos That's side. The Raktos. Raktos That's, Raktos. Raktos. That's his Rakdos That's yeah. Rakdos. Whoa.
2: Oh. Yeah, it got a little bit of a circus. That's what
1: happens when you run with the Rakdos in your youth. Yeah,
0: sometimes your morals get yeah. a little flexible sometimes. As long as they're not messing with the Boros. So basically, if someone's beating up, maybe we see a Rakdos guy beating up a Celestia guy, and we're like, maybe he deserved it. Maybe, maybe if you give me a little coin, as long as you don't mess with Boros, we're okay. That could be?
3: Yeah. Could be. yeah. Okay. Um, so then the, the next roles that are not associated with backgrounds in the player's handbook are for contacts. Mm-hmm. And we suggest that you roll two contacts within your guild one who is really on your side and one who might not be so much on hmm. your side. Okay. So we're going to start off with a positive contact who is. Uh, I've maintained a relationship with one of my instructors at the Horizon Military Academy. Oh. Great. All right. I've got a, a teacher mentor.
2: Makes sense. Trying to make you do right. You know, don't yeah. turn out his foot by he's, a blind he's, eye. He's adjusters. the one who turned us
0: around from our early yeah. Rakdos yeah. days. And exactly. now we owe him our lives. He's
1: the good angel on the on Yeah,
3: the <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Maybe right. literally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm imagining,
2: like saving us from the Rakdos. Like, yeah. Come join. Come join me, son. Or so my
3: my second Boros contact is a former comrade in arms was promoted into the prestigious Sun Home Guard, hmm. but this is not a, a person who's especially friendly to me. Well, rival. He maybe. Uh, yeah. he knows
0: about our past.
3: Yeah, yes. He's, and never yeah. really approved. Never approved never thought that yeah. I was going to atone for my misdeeds. Yeah, and, and my entire life
2: I've wanted to be part of the Sun Home Guard. Like it's what I've wanted, and he got there, yep. and and I just I want to get there so badly. Yep. Yep, I love uh, it.
1: That's never going to happen. As
3: it's ne- sure. My Rakdos past Martin. comes
0: back yeah. to haunt me. I'm feeling me. the anger already. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> so then you get a non boros contact. And uh, this is a 10. Uh, Ten entry table. I'm using my fancy guild die again. All because right. There is one entry for every guild. Is it Rakdos? It is indeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a loaded special guild die. That's,
1: that's kind of amazing. <laughs> it's amazing how these things are put together. Actually, can we can we get a shot just so that we can prove that it did come up Rakdos? Can we get a shot of the die real quick?
2: Wow. Yeah, I it is. See it. Yeah, here we can that is amazing. Angle it up just so they can see
1: that it did indeed land on. Yeah. Rakdos People are gonna down. freeze frame
3: this to try to figure out all the Boros contacts. Yeah, okay, so Yeah, we better, yeah. No, we better, we better get out of this shot. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: that's
3: fine, but yeah. Uh, and also see Janice's character here. Uh, a, a Rakdos blood witch um, wants me dead, or alive, which might be worse.
0: Mm. Well, because we left. We, we defected.
2: We no flag greater, it. yeah. No greater terror than than leaving Rakdos to. Go join in the military.
1: I I always like to. That's a really interesting thing. That it's a you know Rakdos Blood Witch. I'd I'd like to think of maybe you know past relationship that went sour after you went back to the Boros. Maybe now they want revenge.
3: Yep. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Yeah.
2: What I think is really interesting is we still have this red core, right? We're Rakdos and we turn Boros, so that that red is really going to drive us. That's been a part of our identity the whole time. That's where the fists come in. Yeah. Yeah. So So many fists. Very impulsive. (laughs) Think about it. from You get to put in that magic color wheel a little bit, right? To see how your character evolves. Oh, that's so cool.
3: Yeah. um, The entries for the guilds, there's a section here on uh, Boros philosophy, which I can't find anymore. Um, Goals of the Boros. How do I fit in? So it talks about the color alignment of the guilds without actually talking about the colors okay <laughs> here's the red stuff that drives drives the guild and here's the white stuff that drives the guild and how they interact but because Again, it's from a DD, a D&D perspective book,
0: we, we, so you don't have to know magic coming right, into it right. yeah
3: we put that into the vernacular so another thing that the the guild entry gives you is suggestions for alignment races and classes um, i'm thinking my character's not lawful good seems mean, unlikely uh, yeah I mean, he's willing to turn a blind
1: eye Yeah, he's, to he's taking bribes yeah, so definitely not lawful good
3: i'm i'm thinking well so usually good often lawful i'm thinking neutral good because yeah. I'm, I'm trying to mend my ways uh, yeah i like yeah.
0: it yeah i think so
3: uh suggested races include human goblin minotaur and viashino
0: Ooh. So I'm kind of digging Minotaur. I'm also I also thinking like Minotaur, Minotaur. Yeah. I think so. Having having come from the Rakdos world, Minotaur feels very the other one that spoke to me was Viachino, Via but yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: you know, also like as Minotaur just used to get kind of beat up in magic a lot, yep. right? Like, <laughs> trying, trying to like get back with
1: with the good guys yeah, I know. and yep. I promise. I, I figured it out, guys. Oh. I figured it out. Which race has the biggest fist? Oh yeah. I think it's Minotaur. It's, it's Minotaurs. Also,
0: Minotaur. you know, Minotaurs, there are a lot of Minotaur shamans. And with the Rakdos shaman, Ooh, uh, witch, witch lady, lady. There's, there's there's a connection there.
3: Yeah, yeah, could be, could be. Mm-hmm. I
2: like it. I like it. Seeing about, those those lines
0: being able to be drawn. Yep.
3: Yep. Suggested classes are cleric, fighter, paladin, ranger, and wizard.
0: I think we're a fighter. I think fighter, fighter. Fighter sounds
1: correct. If yeah. you're running with the Rakdos, it seems very likely you. Yeah, and youth especially.
2: Or if we're
0: running with. Fists. Fists.
1: Sure. Yeah, I didn't want to be that the, obvious. The
2: best
0: you know. use for a fist is fighting. Correct.
3: Um, so that is our character in a nutshell. I mean, at this point, it's filling in numbers. and Give it a name, of course. Stuff. Right. Yeah. Oh, let's give it a name. because us Oh, is there, is there a name generator? There, there's not a name generator, but like in the Player's Handbook, there are lists of names associated with races. And Ooh. Uh, I had some fun going through existing Ravnica lore. Finding names, often names that weren't associated with a particular character, and so, or, nice. so, or w- with a character whose race we even knew. Yep. So there's a lot of creativity involved here. But let's name our character Brogmir. 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 All right.
0: I, like that. I dig it. Yeah. Brogmir the Minotaur, the Boros Minotaur. Brogmir Brog- the Boros. Brogmir the, the Fist Minotaur. Brogmir Bro- the Fist Minotaur, the fist yeah. Minotaur. yeah. yeah.
1: Is his nickname? Is a fist. Yeah, I
2: like it. I like it. <laughs> All right, there he is. Very cool. Boom! Now we get to start playing. Yeah, well we need,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, we need <laughs> a few more, more characters.
0: characters. Yeah, yeah, we, we need a few more characters. And we need the book. Yeah, okay. uh, we need the book. James, when does the book come out? November. November. Okay, right. so we like, still like, got a little bit of time. Early okay.
3: November in game stores, and late November for the rest of the world. Well, before okay. the end of the year, which is going to be really great. So yeah. by the,
1: you know, by the holiday time in December, you could be running your own. D and D Ravnica campaign.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, really well, that's great. You get to kind of get steeped in Ravnica, with the Guilds of Ravnica a little bit, play the set a little bit, and mm-hmm. then you'll be ready to hop right into the world itself. Imagine yeah. that. The, that that's
0: some pretty synergy, pretty crazy, crazy intercompany coincidence today,
1: synergy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, crazy coincidence.
0: All right. So uh, one of the last things we want to talk about is Gen Con because we've got Gen Con coming up, and this is. So we've done a lot of birthday Grand Prix over the past year to celebrate Magic's 25th anniversary. And Gen Con's kind of our, uh, it's happening the same weekend as the Pro Tour, but it's sort of our culmination of all of that. It's our last birthday event. If you haven't been able to go to one of our birthday Grand Prix, this is your last opportunity. So we're going to tell you all the things happening at Gen Con. So that's not this weekend but next weekend, the first weekend in August.
1: Yeah, so don't go to you know, Indianapolis this weekend expecting to find all of this
0: stuff. No, I mean, you can go to Indianapolis this weekend. It's a lovely place. It's a really but nice it, place. You know, Just don't go expecting to find this stuff Right, that exactly. We're about. Uh, so events are all taking place in Hall B. Yes, Hall B. Uh, so everything we tell you, go to Hall B. That's all the times, everything's happening there. So events open at 9 a.m. on Thursday. And events are available for 24 hours, so they, they're just running events round the clock until 3 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, so here's some of the highlights. We have a 25th anniversary panel where we're gonna have people coming in from Wizards of the Coast talking about Magic's 25 years and about the future. So that's happening Friday at 11 a.m. in the Lucas Oil Meeting Room 3 uh... we of course this wouldn't be a birthday event without birthday qualifiers so these are the qualifiers that will qualify you for the Beta Booster Rochester Draft.
2: Beta Booster Rochester beta? beta
0: Booster Rochester Draft. That's
1: Beta Booster Rochester Draft.
0: So we've done one of these at every one of our birth... Well, not Beta. We've done Beta or Unlimited at Ooh. every one of our birthday Grand Prix You might have seen someone Gavin, stream. you were at Chiba.
2: I, I was in uh, Singapore and Barcelona. And it okay. was a blast to sure. watch with. A huge crowds formed. Yep. And then in Chiba, we opened a Black Lotus,
1: which
0: yeah. was really exciting. That was we amazing. S-
1: we streamed the Beta Draft at GP Vegas. You can also check that video out on oh. demand, I believe, Yeah, as well.
0: Everyone right now is screaming at us like, when are these qualifiers? I just wanna know when the qualifiers are. This is when the qualifiers are. Get so the, the there are eight qualifying events. They are sealed Dominaria M19 or Master 25 even. Uh, the events are taking place at 3 and 7 p.m. on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And then there are also 10 a.m. events on Friday and Saturday. So that's two on Thursday, 3 p.m., 7 p.m., three on Friday, 10 a.m., 3 p.m., 7 p.m., and three on Saturday, 10 a.m., 3 p.m., 7 p.m. There are also going to be free mini-masters events, again, to celebrate the 25th anniversary. Uh, Those start at 9.30 a.m., and they go all Gen Con long. Uh, First 200 players, so they're free events, but they're limited to the first 200 players. Uh, Players who join these will get a core 2019 booster pack. They'll add three lands. Uh, of each color to build a 30 card deck and each round you win you get another booster pack to help build your deck and you just kinda keep going it's single elimination, three rounds, but it's free so you can get up to three packs and you can just play a little bit of magic
2: Is that the first 200 per day? The first 200 on Thursday?
0: First 200 players. Great. Awesome. Yep. Uh, And then we have magic artists doing live paintings Thursday at 7 p.m. so in the magic events hall again, hall B so Magic artists Steve Argyle, Scott Murphy, Aaron Miller, Drew Baker, and Tom Babby will be painting live. We don't know what's going to happen because it's live. That's Kind of awesome. like this show. I mean, it's,
1: it's, always, it's always cool to see the artists work live. Yeah. like I've seen, seen them do some of that stuff at Vegas, and it's just really, really cool to see their stuff come. back. Yeah, live. I'm
0: sure they have some idea of the start they'll get, but who knows where they're going to end up. Uh, and then they're going to open with a QA, and a so you have questions for any of those artists. That's the place to do that. That's at 7 p.m. on Thursday. Uh, and then we also have throwback events. So these are really cool. These
1: are some of my favorites, for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: So Thursday at 12 p.m. is a Ravnica block draft. That's Ravnica block, original Ravnica, not return to Ravnica. Thursday at 7 p.m., Cons of Tarkir block sealed. Uh, you, can, you can manifest some stuff. Yeah. With that, yeah. Friday at 12 p.m., Innistrad block draft. That's, that's a big one. Friday at 7 p.m., Return to Ravnica block sealed. Saturday at noon, Time Spiral block draft. And then Saturday at 7 is Masters sealed. And Sunday at 11 a.m., Mirrodin block draft.
1: Really, really good limited all-stars there, for sure. And, uh, you know, if you do want to practice your manifesting, that's great, because uh, there was a Commander 2018 preview event at Gen Con this year, and Gavin, I know you're going to be at Gen Con, I'm, I feel like that's something you might want to show up to. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna probably
2: be there. I'm also making my list in my head of all these other events I want to try and attend to attend. <laughs> it. it sounds so awesome. Like I could, if I change my schedule and do this, I could draft cons of Tarkir, and then, yeah. Oh, it's. oh <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited! Well, so for Commander Twenty
1: Eighteen Preview, uh, you actually do get to play with the Commander Twenty Eighteen decks. Uh, you get to be among first. You'll get them
2: about a week early. Yeah, that's awesome, um, which I, is so cool. I haven't even played with a <laughs> of Commander, so yeah. maybe you'll be. Actually I definitely want to go. These I designed the Esper deck. That was that I mean, I worked on all the cards in the set, mm-hmm. but that deck was the one that I really championed. So I'm gonna go sit down, get that, and well, so you, see it what is happens. a
1: random Commander Twenty Eighteen deck oh, that you, yep. you get. So so it is random, but uh, you play three rounds, and there are four different times for that. You can go Thursday or Friday at five PM, or you can uh, and Saturday at five PM, or you can try Sunday at ten AM.
0: Yep, and there are a limited number of those, so if you really, really want to do that event, make sure you sign up early. Definitely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gavin gets up and there's just a bolt right. uh, You gotta go sign to up. Yeah, uh, there's also the Grand Melee, which I, I believe is a Gen Con Magic tradition. Uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a staple. It's a staple for Magic at Gen Con. Uh, it is a crazy format that is rarely played uh, outside of this convention. It's uh, it. I, it's almost indescri- it's like a hundred person. It, it's just
0: a big circle of people just all playing the same game of magic. Right. So
1: everybody can attack everybody. You know, it's, it's
0: uh, there are some restrictions like that. on that. There's a, there's a range of influence. Of there's one a range normally, of right? influence. So you can attack
2: yeah. your left and right and deal damage to your left and right. But it just but keeps going until there's only right. one person. Yeah. left. and then Standard. there's some rules about infinite combos as well. Yeah. Sure. sure, but yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah, that the grand melee. There are three grand melees. Uh, there's one on Thursday at eleven, Friday at eleven, and Saturday at eleven. I think those PM, start up yeah. eleven p.m.
0: I think those start up as soon as the last one ends.
1: Yeah. So uh, <laughs> so make sure make sure to bring some uh, some water, stay hydrated if you're gonna enter the grand. Snacks.
0: Melee. That's snacks. Yeah. You know?
1: Uh, be, be ready to be there for it
0: the It's not call. for the faint of heart.
1: Uh, but as always, they're, they're also going to be on demand events, some of my favorite things at uh, at our GPs in the past, certainly. But uh, they're going to have booster drafts, two headed giant drafts, and chaos drafts, my favorite. And of course, commander pods for on demand. And uh, if you don't have a ton of time and you just want to get some pickup games, Turbo Town is back. Uh, you can get a quick game with a chance of a prize. Place to go for a one on one constructed match. And of course, Planeswalker Deck League also returning. Uh, That's going to be Thursday and Friday and Saturday from 10 a.m. to 11 p.m. and then Sunday at 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Grab a Planeswalker deck, battle other people, have some fun, make some new friends. Always very good. So, and for, uh, these are all gonna be run by uh, tournament organizer, Pastimes. Mm -hmm. So you can find more info about this at www.pastimes.net slash gencon. That's pastimes.net slash gencon.
0: Yeah, so don't like rewind the video and try to write down everything we just said. Just go to pastimes.net slash gencon. That's gonna be much easier. That's what I'm
2: gonna do after. I'm gonna walk out of this room. (laughs) I'm gonna figure out what I'm doing. That sounds awesome.
1: But yeah, like uh, it's a really great way to cap off the celebrations we've Mm -hmm. been having at GPs all summer. You know, a chance to qualify for a Beta Rochester draft—that's that's that's so cool. Um, I still remember our first show when we opened up that Beta Booster. Oh, that Uh, was so nice. Yeah, it was really great. It was super fun. So, uh, lots of fun Magic stuff. Uh, And these are just the things that that we're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, That we're we're a big part of. There's going to be some other events uh, across the weekend. I know some panels going on that Mm -hmm. have to do with Magic. So definitely make sure to check that out on Gen Con's website.
0: Yep, Uh, and. Of note, since people will ask, yes, we are going to be streaming that Beta Rochester draft. It's going to, so that's also the weekend of the Pro Tour. So basically, what you're gonna get is we will be showing the beta Rochester draft Sunday morning on twitch.tv slash magic. And it will just kind of we'll show that and then we'll immediately go into the last day of the pro tour. So there's a whole bunch of stuff going on that involve beta boosters that week. That's it's going to be, be kind of wild. amazing. Yeah,
1: It's kind of amazing. I, I yeah. can't
2: wait to watch the draft at Gen Con. Yeah. It's going to
1: be awesome. The, watching the one in Vegas was so fun. So I'm, yeah. I'm really excited to see the process uh, again. It's just a, a completely different environment than, than it is today. And
0: thankfully we opened our Lotus, so we aren't going into Gen Con like, come on, someone open a Lotus. <laughs> well, someone time. open Although a I have Lotus. to
2: say, if there's a place to open a Lotus, the 20th anniversary at Gen, Gen Con, Con started. Gen the beta, that yeah. Is the place. What, does the winner of that tournament get anything?
0: Otherwise, yeah, something they get. I you can check out the details of yeah, that. Yeah, the details at, are on there. Uh, I forget like exactly what it s- is. There's like an alpha booster,
2: maybe, but
0: don't quote me on that.
2: That's If so, yeah. that's really exciting. Yeah. If not, that's still really exciting. <laughs> yeah, I you know got to have a beta roger. Well, well, I, I look forward. Yeah. If you're going to be at Gen Con, please come by and say hi. I'd love to talk to you about Commander or anything else going on in the Magic world. It's always great to meet all the Magic players out there. And I know we're all going to be busy playing these events, yeah, but it uh, should be a really fun weekend. It's not too late to get your tickets to go to Indianapolis.
0: You heard it from Gavin. Go there, swarm Gavin. Yep. yep. Uh, as for weekly MTG, so as we talk about the Pro Tours next week, we are off, but that doesn't mean that you can not tune in and see something at this time. The Pro Tour will be streaming at this time. We're gonna be streaming the Silver Showcase. Blake's gonna be there? I'm gonna be there. You won't see me on the screen. I'm in the background. Sometimes you might see my torso, but that's about it. Uh, but yeah, tune in for the Pro Tour next week, uh, starting on Thursday. And then we will be back the following week to talk about the Pro Tour yeah. and all kinds of other stuff.
1: But for today, that's gonna to do it for us on Weekly MTG. Thanks so much to our guests, Gam Verhey, James Wyatt. And uh, you can stay tuned right here. Don't cha- don't change that channel. Don't because, go uh, anywhere. Kenji Igashira mm-hmm. is going to be uh, streaming New at the Nummy right after we finish up this broadcast. Yeah, so absolutely. stick around.
0: Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Bye.
1: Thanks.